Hello, everyone. I am very eager to um, discuss the rest of what happened in terms of the affairs. Um, And I must reiterate that I am not celebrating what happened back then. I don't celebrate trauma. Never, ever. So, this is what happened. My sex life back then was unintentionally centered on putting a bandage on the cancer of our loneliness and our insecurities. Our meaning myself and them. My sex partners back then. Back then, the sex was unintentionally centered on emotionally cutting in the name of reaffirming a self-filling prophecy that we felt that we aren't worth a real relationship. Back then, the sex was centered on unintentionally carrying out experiments to see if we're so good that we can hook each other into wanting more. Which caused us to have more sex and a relationship that turned out to be delusional, whatever it may be. Um, Back then... The sex was unintentionally centered on seeking validation, attention, love, and approval. Back then, the sex was unintentionally centered on filling voids because we did not know how to be alone. We were so desperate for true love, but we were always in a limerent state. We craved intimacy, but felt like we didn't have the social skills, or confidence for anything more than physical intimacy. Um, Back then, the sex was centered unintentionally on feeding addictions to assurance and reassurance. For us, it Those were our full-blown addictions. Because we felt so worthless and we felt so unloved, we did feel addicted to always feeling wanted, needed, special, unique, and loved. 24 hours a day and seven days a week. Here are the other reasons that caused us to have sex with each other. We were having sex unintentionally centered on changing ourselves and each other into being each other's saviors and each other's messiahs. Accidental idolatry, unpurposeful idol worship. Back then, the sex was centered on unintentionally being um, delusionally emotionally attached, delusionally dependent. Delusionally clingy and delusionally anxious. Back then, the sex was centered on unintentionally doing it to to forget our exes, meaning their ex 
husbands or their ex-boyfriends. And in the middle of the divorce. And to forget the divorce and the breakups. And I was doing it to um, not feel bad about having ex-sex partners. Um, And back then, the sex was centered on um, unintentionally trying to highlight the absence of their toxic exes and my... Feeling guilty of being a unintentional Casanova, which made me have ex-lovers. And we did not know how to do the emotional work. We had no idea, no clues, so we subconsciously did what we knew how to do at the time. And the sex that we were having did not erase nor replace anyone or anything. Even though unintentionally, we wanted healthy erasure and healthy replacement, we didn't know how to verbalize that nor actualize that. Um, Back then, The sex was centered unintentionally on trying to get each other to feel ways that we couldn't even make ourselves feel. And back then, the sex was centered unintentionally on performing tests slash proof to ourselves that we can do it without getting attached. We felt like we were losing every time. Um, Some of my partners, a handful of them, did have alcohol problems. And I gave them an ultimanium it's either me or the bottle and they picked me because they got tired of having regret hangovers often. And it didn't take them long to rehabilitate themselves once they left. We resumed our sex life and they never drunk again. Or some would go, well, I still like alcohol, but I'll drink it in extremely short, small bursts, and that's exactly what they did. The rest just stopped drinking completely because they were so hungry for their ideas of me that they would quit anything I told them to quit. Um, they were never mean drunks or criminal drunks, but they would start being depressed drunks, like crying and sobbing and telling their sad sob stories of their childhood. I'm not making fun of them. It's just being real. And it would make me sad and cry because what they were saying was so heartbreaking. So we would cry and lean on each other's shoulders and I didn't like smelling too much strong alcohol on them. Um, Some developed an addiction to prescription medication and I told them it's either me or the pills. They picked me. Um, Because they recognized that The prescriptions didn't help their moods out because they would still be sad for prolonged periods of time. So they learned how to make themselves happy, um, but they didn't know how to make themselves joyful. 
So they would just do their hobbies. Whenever they felt sad, they weren't sad as long. Um, it was all a bad. It was it was a bad look. It was unsafe. Um, it was rough on all of us. Back then, the sex was centered unintentionally on being a form of compulsive avoidance. We were so busy, quote-unquote, living the moment, which gave us subconsciously a valid license to avoid facing the deeper issues that were causing this mutual behavior. And the possibility of rejection was something we were afraid of. And the sex was unintentionally centered on that because we felt that no strings attached sex for us at the time was the only way that we could be be lovey-dovey without the risk of legal separation, even annulment. And so we wanted to prove that we were attractive and desired without having to put ourselves out there emotionally and relationally due to our phobia of rejection in our hearts at that time. Um... Back then, the sex was centered unintentionally on our superficial connection that we conflated because of trauma with being substantial and integrous. Um, We had a warped sense of what was enjoyable, what was gratifying, what was physical pleasure, what was spiritual pleasure. And we had a warped sense of being carefree. It was a form of you know just a a a a form of harmful experiments that we didn't understand at the time Sadly and tragically, we had sex because we conflated being desired physically with being loved emotionally. And we did use sex as a substitute for love. We felt lacking in affection or love from our immediate family and partnerships. And we did use sex with each other to fight that feeling. We suffered sexual trauma, compound sexual trauma. Um, All compound traumas. And we did use sex with each other in our minds to help us reclaim our sexuality. Before we met each other, we did use sex with different people to help us reclaim our sexuality. And we did use sex with others to fight that feeling before we met each other. Um, we, we were questioning our sexual identity and we wanted to explore different bodies. At one point before we met each other, we felt physically dissatisfied having only one sexual partner. And for some of the partners when I was in college, we, we, they recently got out of a monogamous relationship and wanted to enjoy sex as a single person with me. And before they met me, they wanted to enjoy sex as a single person with other people. And um, some of my partners, you know, some of the women I remember experienced 
sexual compulsive behavior related to a mental health diagnosis before they met me. Um, And we talked about that, these things, and they reckon they made a lot of sexual changes by just being only sexually intimate with me. But back then, we didn't know how to be healthy about sex. Um, some of the causations of our sex back then was we had a desire to have multiple partners and our variety of sexual experiences after life-changing events as a way for us to feel embodied in our sexuality, joy, and pleasure, which is totally ruled by trauma. So example this in terms of our sex lives did include the act of some of my partners were non-binary, so it was filled with the act of transitioning genders, changing body shape, shapes or sizes, recovering from chronic illnesses, leaving an oppressive relationship, and healing from a significant injury, physical and psychological. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with recovering from chronic illness. There's nothing wrong with leaving oppressive relationships. There's nothing wrong with healing from significant injuries, physical and psychological. There's nothing wrong with changing body shapes or sizes. There's nothing wrong with transitioning genders. I just know that for in the past, to have sex in a trauma-induced state, myself and them, it was just never healthy. Um, there's nothing wrong with having multiple partners, but the way we went about it was and is chaotic. Um, and um, back then, we did unintentionally use sex with multiple people to feel worthy and validated. For them was to get revenge at their partners or loved ones for being male misogynists. Um, unintentionally, it was to self-harm by putting our health and safety at risk. And for us, it was a symptom of a mental illness diagnosis. Um, it wasn't exactly personality disorders, but it was... Bouts with anxiety and depression. And unintentionally, we were potentially being harmful and of a hindrance to our mental, emotional, and physical health and well-being. So promiscuity for us back then was unhelpfulness and emotional unhealthiness. There's nothing wrong with ethical promiscuity, but... For us back then, it was calamitous. So the hypersexuality of that time was cataclysmic. There's nothing wrong with healthy hypersexuality, but still... We did experience higher rates of unethical sexual promiscuity, which is itself is catastrophic. There's nothing wrong with ethical sexual promiscuity, I say again, so people can understand, but still the point applies. Back then, the promiscuity was making us worse. We experienced shame about our actions. We felt a mixture of delusional high and actual lowness before, during, and after sex. And we felt that the situation felt out of control to us. We felt stuck and didn't know how to ask for help. 
And we were indiscriminate about who we had sex relationships with back then. I have discernment now in terms of my own ethical promiscuity, but back then I didn't have all the discernment. I had it to some extent, but not fully like I do now. And back then, we didn't always have safer sex or safe sex. The pull-out method was my way of preventing unwanted pregnancies and unwanted children. It worked, but I don't believe in pushing my luck. Sometimes we use condoms and other forms of birth control, like shot or pill, what have you. And... um They, they would help me get these things from the clinics. So this is what happened. And um, we didn't always think to minimize the risk of passing STDs and STIs to each other, which we never did, thankfully. Our chance of contracting sexually transmitted infection and disease increased significantly for us. We wasn't something that we always considered because trauma got in the way. And we did not look to be victimized again for them using substance and for us using sex as cope mechanisms did lead us to dangerous situations. And in some instances, our re-victimization because of even more risky behavior than the ones we grew up with seeing. Back then we engaged in emotionally unhealthy reasons for us being promiscuous. I have now learned to engage in emotionally healthy reasons to be ethically promiscuous. And, um, I can honestly tell you that, um, back then, This sex is unintentionally centered on cynicism, defeatism, pessimism, reclusion, battling childhood nihilism, and battling childhood Welshmerts. Um, it was filled with escapism, separatism, Negativism. Um, even denialism.
emotionalism, a warped sense of hedonism, negative thinking, fatalism, Passive acceptance, resignation, acceptance as inevitable, stoicism, gloominess, doom and gloom, gloom, predeterminism, predestinarianism, necessitarianism, fate, fatedness, passive aggressive acceptance. That's what the sex was unintentionally centered on. It was our warped ways of trying to be more spontaneous, more open, more sexual, more carefree, less anxious, more adventurous, etc. And it was a form uh, unintentionally of carrot dangling. It was our warped way to see if we are, are really are that irresistible, attractive, and special. And we unintentionally tied our value to see if each other would follow up with us and want more. Since we just had sex for that day, we did end up wanting more. And it was our warped way of connecting with each other at a time where it, we felt subconsciously it was too painful and risky to emotionally connect with each other. And um, it's just for us, we had insecure attachment styles. We were unintentionally anxious, preoccupied. You know, we were the anxious, preoccupied attachment style, meaning we wanted to be close to each other and others, but we were worried about worried that each other and others won't be there when we needed them. This made us clingy and demanding, um, but not in a trying to be dictatorial type of way. We were fearful, avoidant, insecure attachment style unintentionally. We had a fearful, avoidant attachment style form in, within our intimate relationships, but had trouble trusting each other and, and our partners before we met each other because we believed that we will get hurt. This made us distant and detached to some extent, but we were never purposely trying to push each other away. We were also dismissive, devoid, and insecure attachment style unintentionally. We were the dismissive, avoidant attachment style. We preferred to avoid forming close relationships and emotional challenges they brought. Um, but eventually, we got we emotionally connected because it felt we were that enchanted with each other and our ideas of each other, too. So, we had... Um, Our, the same traits of our daddy issues was also the same traits for our mommy issues. So for them, like, there's nothing wrong with being attracted to older people for all the emotionally healthy reasons. I just want to say that. And that's my reality now and forevermore. But back then, their daddy issues were they were only being attracted to older men. 
my mommy issues back then was I was only, I felt like well I could only be 100% attracted to older women so we had attachment issues related to poor formative relationships with father figures and mother figures too so signs of our daddy issues and our mommy issues were that we were needing constant over-the-top reassurance from each other and our partners before we met each other we were experiencing signs of anxious attachment such as being jealous codependent and overprotective we had a fear of being alone often to the point that we'd rather be in un healthy relationships than in no relationship at all, we were engaging in unethically hypersexual or unnecessary risky sexual behavior as a way to obtain affection and love. We were experiencing a great fear of vulnerability despite feeling a constant need for reassurance and affection. We had trust issues that made it difficult to fully open up to each other and the partners before we met each other and that contributed to our deeper insecurities and our anxieties. We were struggling to establish and maintain healthy boundaries in our relationships. We were idealizing each other and the partners before we met each other and we were being people pleased to make sure that we were all happy. And we had complicated relationships with our father figures and mother figures. Our mother figures and father figures were distant, abusive, neglectful, and at times completely absent from our lives. So yes, we both had daddy issues. We both had mommy issues. Some of the handful of men I slept with, being a, only being attracted to older men was because of that. I'm attracted to older adults, men, women, non-binary, the most, for all the emotionally healthy reasons, not for all the unhealthy emotional reasons back then. But this is what occurred to us. And that's just what truly happened to us. I noticed that um, we were dating and sexing older men and older women for mother-type replacements and father-type replacements. That made older adults for us to be more appealing to date and to sleep with because we did have unhealthy connection to the father figures and mother figures of our childhoods. And being in relationships with... um, older people at the time did make us feel as if we had some ones who will protect who will protect us and it was mostly subconsciously but consciously a tad bit we did have a yearning for the missing love that we never received and we sought out older adults who were financially stable Um, independent living, confident, and seemingly in control. And we wanted to be taken care of because we felt like we were never taken care of when we were younger.
and we were taking advantage of his vulnerable kids. And that caused us to have complicated feelings as kids. And we sought out older adults to be our mother figures and father figures to take us out, to play games with us, and to care for us. We had emotionally distant father figures and mother figures, and at times we had physically distant mother figures and father figures. And to fill that void, we did constantly need attention and validation from older people to fill the parental roles of mother and father. We did seek out older adults as approval, advice, and company to compensate for the lack of physical and emotional closeness we craved as children. And um, we were constantly needing reassurance, meaning it was rooted in a fear of being abandoned. So because we had daddy issues and mommy issues, we sometimes had insatiable need to receive love. We did take the form of requiring constant affection, constant attention, and constant approval. And we worked while we were truly anxious for a deep connection and attachment. We unintentionally often went about getting it in unhealthy ways. We did repeatedly ask each other and our partners for a message if they were angry at us, for example, and always question whether we made the right decisions. Over time, this took toll on our sexual relationships with each other. And before we even met each other, because they slept with others, and I did too. Um, So, at times we felt like we were the apple of our mother figures and father figures' eye, and other times we never felt like we were the apple of our mother figures and father figures' eye. Either way... Because we had daddy issues and mom issues, we even wanted to duplicate those um, parental relationships and find each other with the stipulations of worshiping each other and adoring each other. And that's what happened. And we did put each other on pedestals thinking that that meant genuine understanding of respect for each other as equals. And we were constantly in warped relationships with a vast age difference quite often because we had a skewed power dynamic unintentionally. We were sexing and dating much older, more successful father figures and mother figures, which did unintentionally force us into more passive and victimized positions. Because we weren't raised in consistent loving environments by our early caregivers, we did struggle to have meaningful relationships as adults. We were overly anxious and even jealous at times. And because we had daddy issues, mommy issues, we were constantly worried that each other, that we were, even though we were dating each other, that we were, we were worried that we were seeing someone else. And the imagery of us flirting with someone else actually bothered us. We were so accustomed to dysfunctional relationships that it was unintentionally duplicated over the time. And we sought out toxic relationships because that was familiar to us. Um, we, so we were repeating toxic patterns unintentionally. We were constantly needing reassurance unintentionally. We were being jealous or territorial um, unintentionally. Only dating older people adults unintentionally so 
We did suffer from abandonment and fears. Another sign of our dad, the issues of mom issues, wanting to be in a relationship at any cost. We did jump from one relationship to another because we were afraid to be alone. However, because we feared, you know, we were people who feared being abandoned, we did inadvertently drive uh, some of our partners away with the constantly needing reassurance and and consistently question the love our partners had for each other. So to some extent, that did happen before we met each other. Um, me, most of my partners, like if that did happen, I would apologize to them and they would come back to me. In terms of apologize for being so clingy and even though I wasn't trying to do that well on purpose. So they never ditched me for very long. And, um, what I can tell you is this. I think we hated, um, Leaving each other's presence. Because of it. Because of the daddy issues and mommy issues. We didn't love ourselves, and because of that, we couldn't implement boundaries because we always felt guilty for doing so. We really had a hard time trusting any guy or woman that we were with. We had to screen them. From, like, feeling like we were FBI agents because of our traumas we felt like we needed traumatic validation for women and and men and when we were dating in our dating life we had this thing where we needed to make it known to each other that we're in demand but we weren't mean about it It was hard for us to remain single. Sometimes we were serial monogamous and act and unintentionally act like we knew it all. We felt that we needed unreasonable levels of reassurance that everything was all right, that we're good enough, hot enough, and the list went on. We unintentionally incited jealousy and other reactions that despite the fact that we had on men and women in our relationships we were unintentionally jealous and protective and we did try to to not make each other feel these ways we accidentally triggered our partners into being jealous and protective by accident and breakups were not just devastating for us they were catastrophic they did cause us a ton of collateral damage and find and we found ourselves needing to seek validation from our exes Like, we need to breathe oxygen. Um, We were more comfortable seeking validation from emotionally unavailable men and emotionally available women because we didn't fully understand what a good man meant or a good woman meant. So we went to the wrong sources of the wrong validation instead of the right source for right validation. 
And, you know, we felt like the rat race was exciting unintentionally. And we felt bored by not having our needs met. Um, And at the time... We were emotionally orphaned as kids. And we were on emotional driftwards ever since. Mother figures, father figures were sometimes around, but they were never really present. We never felt good enough for or truly connected to our mother figures and father figures. We had abandonment issues due to emotional, physical abandonments from our mother figures and father figures. And we constantly involved ourselves with emotionally unavailable and even um, and even adults who with um, with ego issues. And in the world of organized crime that I can tell you, that there were headquarters for criminality. Houses, apartments, and penthouse suites were used for criminal headquarters. Barns, castles, churches, factories, homes, hotels, motels, skyscrapers, temples, office buildings, mosques, temples, synagogues, malls, stores, schools, stadiums, fields, clubs, arenas, and even palaces were used as criminal headquarters the edifice of evil the construction of evil the fabrication of evil the building of evil the framework of evil the structure of evil department I mean the superstructure of evil and again I say some of the criminal headquarters were apartment houses and palaces and mansions The building of evil. Mm. And I have noticed... Within that world, I always hated the planning of evil, the designing of evil, the architecture tectonics of evil, the house building of evil, the ship building of evil, the bridge be- bridge building of evil, the architecture of evil. Always hated it, always have, and always will. I must tell you this. But the remaining time I have now, so when I was in that world, 
We subconsciously tried to have as many sex partners as we could. Mostly women on my part and mostly men on their part. It's like we tried to have as many mommies as we could, as many daddies as we could. That happened to us subconsciously, but consciously that was something we were actively trying to stop. We didn't know how to stop it. They made me a father figure to them, meaning the women, and I made them mother figures to me as the male that I was back then. So we were overly sexually submissive to each other, and at times we were overly sexually dominant to each other. It's like they always paid for me whenever we went out to eat. I was dating married. Some of the women I was dating were married, and I was a gigolo for some of them. And to others, we had sugar baby, sugar mom relationships, so there was some transactional sex there. Nothing wrong with transactional sex, nothing wrong with sugar babies and sugar mamas and sugar daddies. Nothing wrong with, um, because they had sugar daddies too. And nothing wrong with um, being a gigolo or anything like that. Um, But the way we went about it was unhealthy. Um... That was the sugar dating we did back then. Not wrong with father figures and mother figures. But, um, it was all warped with how we went about it, more importantly, what happened to us as children. no such thing as porn addiction, sex addiction, masturbation addiction, erotic addiction, curiosity addiction. We felt like we had those things as addictions back then. But research says otherwise, according to credible researchers. And we're thankful for that. Back then, I was sleeping with women that were in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. Nothing wrong with those age brackets and sleep with people in those age brackets, but because of trauma, it was never a good thing. For me at the time. And I also had this. We, um, they really liked talking to me because I was an intellectual. 
and they like talking about bright, smart subjects with me, and that I did not feel worthy at the time to approach women. Um, usually, women approached me. And they wondered why I didn't initiate the attraction and the sex with them because I felt like, well, an organized crime. Well, I didn't say organized crime, but when I was a kid, I saw men do it misogynistically. That's why if sex or lovey-dovey or attraction or sparks happen between us, you have to be the first to say it. So they said, from now on, I want you to start initiating it. And so I did. And that's this, that was the start of me learning how to initiate attraction without conflating myself with a male misogynist, because I'm never that. I do remember crying together at times, rubbing our fingers to each other's head, crying together, holding each other, trying to stay away from each other, trying to resist each other, trying to resist the attraction. But sometimes we look at each other and say, I can't take it anymore. Or I know you're married, I know you got somebody. And... We would listen to each other, talk and make move on each other, and they would say stop. And we would try to stop mid-sentence, but we kept making move on each other. And we asked each other, did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? And I'm like, I did. And we were like, whew. Resisting you is so hard. I tried my best and I can't. And that's how trauma made us feel. We didn't even know how to properly handle the concept of quote-unquote temptation. So a lot of times, there's nothing wrong with porn talk, dirty talk, or flirty talk, or parental name-calling, or name-calling, or anything like that. But the way we went about it was trauma-induced in terms of all those things. So my serial womanizing back then was unethical. I've learned to be a ethical serial womanizer, ethical serial manizer, ethical serial non-binary adultizer. But back then, the serial womanizer, manizer, non-binary adultizing were unethical. Never criminal, though. Um, I can honestly tell you That they would drive me around, we would pull over, make out, have sex, and just joy ride around. Visit places, eat eat at places, visit amusement parks, and go to actual like picnics and parks with each other. There's nothing wrong with those things, but the way we were doing it, it was done out of the unintentional centrality of traumatization, we traumatization, victimization, we victimization. We were never criminalistic with each other, though, at all, whatsoever. We had wounded inner childs.
we suffered from emotional neglect. Our parental figures slash our guardian figures didn't show interest in our emotional needs for love, support, protection, and guidance. They condemned the emotional expressions of need from us and they didn't pay attention to us. So that's why we developed low self-worth and poor self-esteem. We were ignoring our emotional needs because that's what we were taught. We learned to hide from, avoid, and repress our emotions as they were associated with feelings of neglect from our childhoods. We developed psychological, physical sicknesses connected to our inability to listen to accept and deal with our emotions in healthy ways, example, even emotional repression. So there was emotional neglect. Then there was psychological neglect. This type of neglect was manifested in our childhoods by our parent figures slash guardian figures who failed to listen to us, embrace us, and nurture the person we were. As we grew older, we developed the symptoms of of psychological neglect. So example, we developed low self-esteem issues due to forms of abuse such as ridicule, put-downs, overly high expectations, being ignored, rejected, and constantly punished. We developed deep-seated anger issues both from from our unresolved childhood compound traumas and we felt like we had an inability to love ourselves. We developed addictions and neurosis to create a misguided sense of comfort and safety within our lives. We developed psychological and physical illnesses. We had problems sustaining healthy and respectful relationships. Then we experienced um, physical neglect. Then we experienced um, physical neglect. Um, we were robbed of physical safety and nourishment, which are some of the most intrinsic elements of love and relationship. This is seen in nature with mothers, fathers, animal parents nourishing their chicks, pups, and cubs with food, shelter, protection. Because those things were lacking for us, however, these issues developed. We developed low self-worth results in physical neglect and abuse of oneself. Example, they had, you know, a few of them had eating disorders. I was either not eating enough or eating too healthy. Um... We, str- we were maintaining an unhealthy diet. There was self-harm. We had intense safety-seeking behaviors such as psychological complexes like OCD tendencies, and we did engage in extreme risk-taking behaviors, meaning consistent, unprotected sex. There was obsessive devil, daredevil feats, etc. Um, they had... Fa- there, there were f- some of them... In their families, like mine, there were addictions to drug, alcohol, drugs, alcohol, violence, food, sex, gambling, etc. There was sexual dysfunction or sexual compulsive behavior, often due to sexual abuse. So those things happen. Um, this is how we felt when we were younger, and that's why we gravitated towards each other. In the deepest parts, in the deepest parts of ourselves, we felt that there was something terribly wrong with us. We did experience anxiety whenever thinking about doing something new. We were people pleasers, and we tended to lack a strong identity. We were rebels slash misfits. To some extent, we felt more alive when we were in conflict with other people. We tended to hoard things, and we had trouble letting go. We felt guilty for standing up for ourselves. We felt inadequate and not good enough as a man and as a woman. We were driven to always be an A-plus super achiever. We believed that we were terrible sinners and we were afraid of going to hell. We constantly criticized ourselves for being inadequate slash unworthy in our self-hating minds. We were rigid and perfectionistic. We had trouble starting and finishing things. We were ashamed of expressing strong, necessary emotions such as sadness or anger. We, we felt like we rarely got mad, but when we did, we did become rageful, not at each other, but we would express anger. We had sex even when we didn't want to. 
We were ashamed of our bodily function. We were ashamed of our bodily functions, such as our piss and our shit. We sp- we did spend too much time looking at pornography at one point. We distrusted everyone, even including ourselves. We felt like we had been addicted to something. We felt like we were addicts. We avoided conflict every chance possible. We were afraid of people at times and tend to avoid people sometimes. We felt more responsible for others than ourselves. We never felt close to our parental figures. We did struggle to say no. And our deepest fear was being abandoned. Like we we did we were willing to do anything, not criminalistically though, to cling to a relationship. There was codependent counterdependent beha- there was codependent behavior. Um family history of aggressive behavior, family history of narcissistic tendencies, family histories of addictions and compulsions, and family histories of trust issues. Um and as I conclude I'll say this basically um That's what ultimately um, made us starving and hungry for each other because we felt like we had to warp feeling hydrated and satiated by one another.